0: Good to see everybody. Uh, I don't know if you caught Brad's introduction and everything. Uh, I tend to catch little things like this. Uh, I'm going to use this for a plug to our uh, next topic in Sunday school. Uh, we're, we'll be starting a new. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to start a book. We're going to do First Peter. I was telling uh, Lisa as I began to study uh, First Peter here a month or two ago and began to look at it, I thought, oh goodness, (laughs) when you start looking at 1 Peter, the subjects that's brought up. But I think it's a good thing, especially if we can sit together in a small uh, thing and to talk about some of these things, you know, to bring them up and discuss different ideas. So let me me just say this to kind of introduce this. God chooses. He absolutely chooses. Now, what does he choose and why does he choose and what does that mean to choose and all that? Those are all questions that People way smarter than us have been arguing about, discussing, uh, for centuries, right? But that really kind of falls into who we serve and that he is, in many ways, just astounds at what our human brain can even begin to comprehend. Many people run from this kind of this kind of thing and they, they get upset about it. But really, we, we just want to seek truth, right? I'm not the giver of truth. Brad's not the giver of truth. And yet, we serve one who is a giver of truth and who does teach us truth, right? So, uh, we'd love to have you in Sunday school. We'll, start, we'll be starting that next week. First Peter, okay? All right, something else. <clears throat> this last week, this is going to be kind of a different way. We've been looking at the um, the series recharge and everything. So the story I'm going to tell you right here at the beginning is kind of um, you'll kind of wonder, so what, what's all this? What's that, has, what's that? got to do with recharge and all that kind of stuff? You know, well, I'll get there. <laughs> all right. But we uh, this last week we had a um, had a, a meeting and basically we were come together uh, as certain ones of the church and just to begin to look at the vision to seek the vision that God has for the church that meets at Woodlawn. And that's every one of y'all that are, that are here and uh, that are members or are thinking about becoming members. And you may not even know it yet, but God knows it. So it's, this deals with you too, right? Gets back to God's sovereignty and God's foreknowledge and knowing everything. And, uh, but anyway, begin to, to, to look at in, through prayer and in, uh, different ways to see if we can really determine what God wants to do with us the church that meets at Woodlawn all right so anyway the 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 man who was kind of leading this he asked us to uh to introduce ourselves and he said introduce yourself and tell something funny about yourself that nobody knows well I thought okay first of all I don't know anything that nobody knows and if I tell it then they'll know it for sure you know (laughs) and I'm not sure I want that but anyway it got down to me and I thought okay I said probably most people, at least in this room, they do not know that years ago when I was playing basketball a lot, that I got thrown out of a Church league basketball game for fighting. <laughs> good witness, huh? You laugh, but I found that some of you guys have got thrown out of things too, right? <laughs> you know, I, I thought about that, and then, and then because nobody knew, right, another good buddy mentions didn't you get thrown out of a high school basketball game for fighting? (laughs) Well, yeah, I did. (laughs) You see a pattern developing here? (laughs) But, you know, in all honesty, it wasn't my fault, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the point. That's the point I want to make. How quick are we to say, it's not my fault, or I couldn't help it and all that? And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, is that really true? Well, let me give you a little background. I'll go back to the high school game first. I mean, really, in in a sense, that really wasn't my fault because that was in my B.C. days, B.C.s before Christ. I didn't know, so the most natural thing I did was fight then, right? I mean, that was just natural. I was programmed by the enemy, and I acted like the enemy. Now, go back to the other one, you know. That's kind of after those B.C. days, so you see all that programming that he did. it's, It's still kind of hard to get it out of your system and everything, right? (laughs) <laughs> but really, bottom line, you know, it, you know, uh, uh, the one in high school, I did a layup, I shot a layup, got fouled, and I ran into a guy, bumped into him, pushed him off, whatever, I don't know. I was playing tied up in that. So I started walking to the foul line, and I hear, hey, well, here's my choice. I could have kept walking to the foul line, but what did I do? I turned around and walked right back to him. My fault. All right? My fault. So I think that if we're not careful, the most one of the things that we do, which is not natural as believers, but we do it because of the way we've been programmed, is we make excuses for things that I don't want to do or it's going to take a little effort or I'm going to have to put some time into it or whatever it is like that. Regardless, and this is the key, regardless of what Jesus has told us. And that's what we have to be careful about. Making excuses. For something that Jesus has said just the opposite. And you think. I want you to think about that. As we, as we get ready to review a little bit. If I'm making excuses. And I'm saying I can't do this. And let me reiterate what Pastor Brad said last week. No, you can't do it. I can't do it. But Christ in me can do it. Right? So when I say I can't, it can't be done, I can't do it, you know, for whatever excuse I want to do, in, in reality, I'm saying, Jesus, you really don't know what you're talking about. Right? Isn't that what I'm saying? And how easy, it, how easy is it for us to believe that lie for whatever reason? Take a uh, study. In time. We just, I, just, I meet with a group of uh, men on uh, Thursday mornings. Uh, we're off right now <clears throat> through the summer. We just kind of went over end times. Well, if you've ever studied end times, you know there's, there's tons and tons of information and all different kinds of ideals you know, that people have and different opinions on it and everything. But does that change the Holy Spirit? Does that give me an excuse not to study? Especially... You know, if you, go back, if you look at the specific book of Revelation, Jesus said, you know, you're promised a blessing for studying this. You know, what do we rob ourselves from because we don't believe what God says? And how do we know what God says if we don't spend any time with him? So, so we been look, we've been looking at the uh, idea of being recharged. So I just want to review just a few things that we've talked about. Remember, Jesus said that you will be given power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If you are a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, John says, uh, of of His fullness, we've all received, right? So we have the Holy Spirit in us. So that also tells us that everything God did and did and can do, that power is within us. Does that mean we're going to operate like Jesus did all the time, but it's there, right? It's there because God himself in the Holy Spirit, in Christ, is within us. So there are no excuses, okay? That's not, once again, that's not saying that we're going to do everything Jesus did, but that power and ability is there if God wants to do it through us, all right? So we looked at the fact that we have power to learn and to understand and we've been given peace. So if we have power... In fact, let me, let me just read. So we're not... No questions. It's just not me speaking. But it's God through his word. John 14. If you got a Bible. <clears throat> 14.25. <clears throat> These things... It's Jesus speaking. All right? And I understand too, this is... Uh, the night before his crucifixion. So I'm thinking this is going to be really important to his apostles, his disciples. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful. So the Holy Spirit, our teacher, the one who actually teaches, the one who reveals, who grants us revelation, is within us. So there's no excuse, right? Does that mean that I'm going to understand everything that Brad does? He's going to understand everything all at the same time and all? No, not necessarily. But God may reveal at the same time. I was at a class one time, and the guy who was teaching, a good friend of mine, he's gone to be with the Lord now. We were disagreeing about something he was teaching. So uh, this this went on for weeks and weeks and weeks, okay? Uh, it's okay. It didn't didn't bother our friendship, didn't bother our love for each other, it didn't, didn't bother, you know, iron sharpens iron. So we talked and talked, and one day, one night he read a verse, and it's like God stood behind me and shook me and said, that's what I'm saying through him. It was that clear. It was just as loud as it could be. I didn't hear hear an audible voice, but it might as well have been. So see, God teaches us things that he wants us to know, so we trust him. In his time, he will reveal. So we, we have the ability to understand the things he wants us to understand. Think about that. We have that ability as he moves in us. So there's no excuses. So we can tackle anything we want to tackle, right? I'm probably never going to be a Greek scholar. I like, Well, you heard me say before, barely. I ain't got no good English, you know. So I, I barely do English, much less the rest of it. But the Holy Spirit in me, God himself, can teach me and teach you. And we can understand what he wants us as he prepares us to witness of himself. What about peace? Jesus said, My peace I leave you. That peace is available to us. And that's not just when everything's going right. In fact, it's even more so that we need it to need to recognize it. And when things are not going right as we, as we see it, right? We can trust Him that that peace can be there. I do not have to live in fear. But the enemy wants me to. You know, He wants me to throw that like He's programming. you know, to live in fear to doubt God and everything, right? But we have that ability in the Holy Spirit that we don't have to do that. Okay. I'm going to look at Philippians now. We have been given the power to obey. What about that? We've been given the power to obey. We've been given the power to overcome. We've been given the power, and this is where a lot of us may struggle, to spread the good news. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Think about that, guys. So it's God Himself who is at work in us. So therefore, I can, by his grace, by his power, overcome. Right? No matter what comes up, I can obey. So I always say this, you know, it's my fault, really. And you get right down to it. If I don't do something right, it's my fault. It's not God's. He's done all that I need to do. He needs to do. But I've got to learn to yield to his very life in me, right? I've got to learn what Paul said, you know, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So I understand that I really, I can't do it, but God in me can do this. So even, he even gives me the will. Think about that. He even gives me the will. So if, if I'm not experiencing God in that way, then I'm, I'm kind of shutting off his voice to me, right? I'm kind of shutting off his voice. Do you understand Uh. That Jesus himself prayed for you? He did and is praying for you. If you'll, if you'll go back and look to John 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, that, that last, uh, kind of like the last, uh, last Passover first, Lord's Supper and everything. You know, Jesus was praying for the apostles. And, and he also said, and for those who will come to me, what? Through them, tes- their testimony. That's us. We've come through their testimony throughout the centuries because of the testimony they had. Because God moving. We have come to know Jesus as our Savior through them. So Jesus himself prayed for us. Hebrews says, let me look at Hebrews 7.25, even right now, hence also he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for us now. Jesus is on the throne making intercession for us. He's praying for us. What excuse do we have? I've I've talked to uh, uh, different people before and here's the thing that uh, your sin does not justify my sin. Right? My sin doesn't justify your sin because of all that God has given us. We can walk above that with His power and with His strength. Do, and I think this is, we, I think in Western civilization, we tend, as a church, tend to take it for granted the privilege and honor that we have that God has called us And it's placed us into his body. That we are his, that we are one with God. We tend to take that for granted. And because we do, many times we just just simply do not spend time with him that we should. And that's necessary. You know, I was looking, I was thinking about this pre-charge, you know, and just, just hearing it, my mind goes into plugging in your phone to a charger and all that kind of stuff. You know, but I think that's totally wrong. I think it's, we're always plugged in, is do I want to flip that switch so that power is flowing? You know, too many times we get to the point, oh, okay, God, I've done all I can do. I'm worn out. I've been trying to do this. I've worked hard all this kind of stuff. I need you to recharge me. And whereas we had been plugged in the whole time, and we just didn't know it. We were trying to do it on our own. We didn't have that that three-way switch pointed toward us, so his power is flowing through us. Is Is that not the way Jesus did it? He did it like that. He spent time with the Father day and night, all night in prayer sometimes, trusting God. You know, life is hard many times. We know that. So staying plugged in. All right. If you would, Psalms 23, kind of go back to kind of where we've been looking at. We've gotten to verse 5. Thou dost prepare prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou has anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. What we're speaking of here is God's provision. And it's not, if you look, it's not just this, this table. It's talking about a meal. And it, we're talking about a, a lavish, a lavish meal that everything that we need is there and overflowing in abundance. If You look at the, that about the oil. You remember the story when uh, uh, Jesus was at a uh, went to someone's house and the, and the woman come in and anointed his hair, head with oil and what happened? You know one of the disciples said you know she should have sold that and, and so forth you know. We're talking, about, we're talking about something that's very very expensive very lavish that God has for us. This preparation I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you right? My cup What? Overflows. It's not just come up so far. It overflows. So what we're looking at is God's character for those he loves. And right, God doesn't change. I'm the Lord God, I change not. So God has not changed. So God has promised in in his word that he will lavishly provide for us. But... What we run into trouble with sometimes because of our eyes sees and it's not what we think. Because automatically my mind goes, okay, I'm going to be rich and famous and I'm going to have all I need and I can do what I want to. That's, that's not really all he's saying there. Although, I'm not, definitely God can provide, you know, lavishly finances, homes, cars, whatever, you know, we need. But he's going to use it for what's going to work good in our life for his glory. And it also means that there may be times that I don't have much. All you got to do is look through Scripture. And you see that over. You see what Paul said. I've learned to uh, be satisfied with a lot. I've learned to be satisfied with a little. Right? That I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You know, it, it, it runs a gamut, right? It runs a gamut. A whole lot, very little. But it's God in us, understanding, in that peace that we've already talked about, that passes all understanding, you know, shall guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The problem is, you know, we think that it's always going to be, if we're not careful, we, we think it's always going to be in abundance. I don't have this, this discussion got brought up in Sunday school one, one morning. I can't remember exactly how it got brought up. And I quoted I a verse that God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glories. That's a promise. God will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. How many riches does God have? He's got the universe at his disposal, right? He's got the universe. But here's my question. Many times I wonder if we truly know what we need. Our mind goes to an easy life a lot of times. But if you look at all of scripture, that's not there all the time. It's there sometimes, but it's not there all the time. We kind of pick and choose. I asked the question when this discussion got brought up. I said, you know, I've already quoted a verse that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Right? I said, but let me ask you a question. And I I use this example quite a bit to show the opposite of way we think sometimes. I said, what did Peter need? Jesus had told Peter before he left that Peter, you're going to be crucified one day. They're going to take you where you do not want to go. So when Peter was in the process of being crucified as an old man, what did he need? He needed God's grace to trust God through that, through the pain, through the mocking, through all that was involved there. So see, it's not just the physical needs that God has promised to lavishly give us. It's also His grace, His mercy, his power in those times, you know, it gets back to really believe in God. To believe that He truly cares for us. That He absolutely loves us and He wants the best for us. But so many times, our views are so short-sighted. Anybody retired? There's several of us retired, right? and Some are not and so forth. Did you prepare for that? If you didn't, then there's a consequence to that right now. Same thing with with God and spending time with God, you know. We spend time with God so that he reveals himself to us. You hear me say a lot of times as I speak and as I teach and everything, you know, we study scripture, the Bible, not just to know scripture, but to know the heart of the God who wrote it. So then, when these hard times come, when the north wind blows on our life, that We've got this firm foundation that he has given us, that he's a good God, he's good all the time, and that we can trust him. That doesn't take away the pain many times, but it gives us that sure hope in our life, right? It gives us that sure hope that we can truly trust him in every situation. So, as we we think about that and look, I want you to also realize too he says you know thou prepares the table before me where in the presence of my enemies sometimes we go through a season or maybe even end our life that we're in the presence of the enemies that God has brought us to that because he's sovereign right He's brought us to that case, but he's promised there it does not change my lavishness. That does not change what I've got for you. It does not change how I will work work and give you that hope. Most of you know, maybe some of you don't, years ago, 12 years ago, wife and I got a call in the middle of the night. And basically our son, who was in the military, had been shot in the head. What do you do in a situation like that if you have no hope? So in spite the whole time we went through that and still go through it, my hope, Lisa's hope, is in Jesus. I don't understand everything. I don't have to, right? Because it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change him at all. It's just the enemy wants to bombard you and me with all kinds of lies. It's saying, okay, God's not good. He let that happen. Is he still good? He's absolutely still good. Only thing that changed was my circumstances, right? And I know several other others have lost children here. And if you haven't, you may. And if you haven't lost children, you've lost parents. You've lost spouses. You know, loss is part of this. We live in a fallen world, but Jesus is in the process of fixing it. So even if I'm in the presence of my enemies, it does not change who God is, right? He is still the God that I can put my hope and my trust in. So I look at, we looked at a passage, <laughs> how easy it is. The, the disciples have spent, when, when this incident took place, it wasn't three years, but they spent three years, three, over, three, over three years with Jesus. You know, and they got to experience him. And they got to see what he did. They got to see the power, and they got the testimony, you know, that you are the Messiah. Even the Holy Spirit revealed that to Peter one time. said, you are the Christ, the, you know, the, the promised one of God. The Holy Spirit revealed that to him, and yet what did he do? You know, he still doubted. He still denied. All, all that kind of stuff still happens if we're not on our guard, you know. But it doesn't change God's love for us. It doesn't change it of him wanting to draw us back into him. Right? doesn't change any of that. So it's really understanding and knowing deep down in our heart who God is and what he's given us, the power, the ability in him, what he wants to do through us. There's a story, it's in Luke, and I know you're familiar with it, that Jesus has told us that the apostles, the disciples, they're fixing to go across the Sea of Galilee over to the east side all right. In the east side, there was a, uh, there was kind of a what referred to as a, the Decapolis. There's about there was about ten different Greek, Greek Roman cities over there. So the, you know they really didn't. The apostles really don't really care about going over there, right? They don't want to. They don't want to hang out with the Greeks. They don't want to hang out with the Romans. They don't want to hang out with the Samaritans. You know, we're good Jews. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. But Jesus is taking them over there. So on the way over there, what happens? Jesus goes to sleep in the boat. Then what happens? One of the storms come up. Just like in our life, right? We just walk in victory, you know. Then if we're not careful, we take our eyes off who the victor is. And a storm comes up. And what happened to them? Immediately, they begin to doubt. Immediately, they begin what? To be fearful. You know, I may have done the same thing. Especially at this age. Maybe when I was 18 or something, no big deal, you know. A little bit of water, that's just water. <laughs> but here's the thing about it Jesus was asleep through it. Was he worried? He wasn't worried. If they truly embraced the fact that he was the Messiah, the promised one of God, and what he had for them, they wouldn't have been worried either. Be it they were and they were fearful. And what and what they do, they go wake up, don't, don't you even care? I can see him there, Jesus in the front of the boat, sound asleep, you know, and they're, it must have been a pretty big boat if we're all in there. They run up there and start waking him up. Hey, master, don't you even care? We're about to drown. What does he do? Stands up. I can see him just kind of look around a little bit and say, peace, be still. And what happens? Guys, in our life, do we have That kind of faith. Do we know Jesus that well that we can trust him in those situations? Like I said, there's still pain in much of the time. And it may last a long time. It may be the rest of our life. But can, do we have peace in those situations? Do we have peace? We can, right? Right? My peace I have left you. We can have that peace. And what happened then? I, always, I thought this was interesting. But I, I thought back, and one time I spoke on this, that one time Jesus sent them out. He stayed on, I stayed on land and sent the, the, the apostles out into the lake. And once again, what, another storm come up. There's, there's some lessons in that, guys. But this time, he wasn't with them. I wonder... And I brought this up when I was thinking about it and reading about it. I wonder what he thought when he sent them out there. If he looked or if he had uh, an indication from the Holy Spirit what was going to happen when he sent them out there, could very well have, right? But he, what did he do? Any, he sent them anyway, right? He sent them anyway. And that's when he showed up walking on the water. Once again, to what? This demonstrated his power that he was God that he was the Messiah. So God has a purpose. And that's what we need to understand. And, and Pastor Bradley has mentioned this before. There is purpose in pain in life. God has a purpose because he's absolutely sovereign. And here's something else, guys. If you haven't fully grasped or grasped to a great degree, God's sovereignty. God is in absolute control of everything total control but we begin to look at different situations and we say how can God be in control if that's happening right because we are thinking of it from a human perspective and many times I've noticed that as human beings we tend to think with our feelings right right Todd our feelings change right we've talked about this before our feelings do this up and down up and down but God doesn't change, right? He's always steady. He's always there. He can be trusted in those situations. So when they crossed over and they got to what? To the gatherings. If you read in Scripture, the one, one of the Gospels or two of the Gospels focus on one the demoniac, one of the Gospels focuses on two. It's really not, not the point here. The fact is, once again... In the presence of an enemy, right? This is a man who is filled with demons. He's filled with demons. Uh, if you read scripture and everything, he basically, the people of that region had tried to lock him up, had tried to put him in chains, had tried to control him, but he, he would break chains. How would you like to have that guard duty? Think about that. This guy has been breaking chains and he put him back in chains, and so okay, it's your turn to guard him tonight not something I'd look forward to, right? But Jesus walked there and what happened instantly, instantly the demons in this man recognized Jesus. Recognized the power, recognized that they were subject to him. These are demons. And we struggle many times ourselves as believers to recognize God's power in us. Right? The demons know it, even in the presence of the enemy. He said his name was Legion. You know, it could be, if, if there were that many demons in him, four to six thousand demons in this man. You couldn't understand how chains, you know, if we're talking about spiritual beings that chains, physical things can't hold them. But they were in absolute submission to Jesus. Don't send us to the abyss, you know. They understood that he was in charge. They understood that this man was going to be delivered. They just didn't want to have to go to the abyss. So he allowed them to go to the swine. swine, They they, they drove the swine off the the, uh, cliff, right? Showing their true intentions, always destruction. And what we see afterwards, this man truly recognized and was truly changed. But but here, here we go again. The townspeople, when they heard about it, if they seen what happened, what did they do? They told Jesus, you know, you need to leave. They wanted no part of it. So that's my question today. Do we want part of that? Do we want to be recharged? Do we want, as believers, Jesus in our life? (laughs) Jesus controlling our life? Do we want to know what he wants to do through us? And that's, to me, is a decision each, each and every one of us have to make. Do I truly want Am I truly going to believe that he wants what's best for us? That's a question we all have to answer answer ourselves. Okay? Okay, so this morning, as we uh, think about the recharging and everything, I want to stress again, and I think this is important to understand, that God is absolutely sovereign. So anything he does in our life, or allows to happen in our life. He has a perfect plan. But I don't want us to also miss, because I think we can, we, if we're not careful, we can miss. God is love, too. I always kind of picture the fact that God, if you look up the dictionary and it says love, there's God. God is love. That is who he is. And God possesses sovereignty, which means he's in control. He's all-wise. He's all-knowing. He sees the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He knows what needs to take place in your life and my life. So it really boils down, am I going to trust him? Am I going to trust him? And do I believe him? So as we've been reading through Scripture, once again, remember, it's to, the main reason is to know the heart of the God who wrote the Bible. And the privilege he has given us to teach us so we can understand, that we can learn, that we can live in peace. You know, all of that is something he has given us so that we can be his witnesses on this earth. And here's here's something else that we understand. There's no pressure on me to save someone because I can't save anybody, right? This is an act of God that only God can do. I just need to be obedient to trust God where he is. He wants to go, who he wants to speak to, how he wants to speak to him, and the timing that he wants to do. We've heard of what planting seeds and water, and you know, Paul mentions that and everything. So trusting God. So just be obedient. Sounds simple, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds simple. All you gotta do is just be obedient. But remember, he's given us the power to do that. But also understand that there is an enemy, and he's gonna bombard us with lies. So do I believe the God who loves me or do I believe the one who hates me? Do I truly believe that God wants only the best for me? It may be tough in certain situations, but ultimately he's using it and he can be trusted. Okay? Pastor Brad?
1: Great job, Tim. Man, thank you for for bringing the word to us today. Uh, thank you. Let, let's let's pray for a second. Let's take a moment, and we're gonna worship and 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 lead in just a moment. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are, and we are reminded, Lord, that that if we are believers in Christ, then your Holy Spirit is in us, and that means that the provision we need, that means that the power that we need, that means that that the wisdom that we need, it's, it's all there for us. We just need to realize how close we are to you, how close you are to us, and reach out and ask and share. Lord, we trust you with that. Lord, as we respond to you now, as we sing this song, as we pray, uh, I pray that you would take what has been spoken to a crowd and let your spirit now speak to us as individuals. And those of you in the crowd, I just encourage you for just a moment to to ask yourself, just internally, just say, "What, what does God have for me this morning? And then listen. Is there an area in your life where you don't feel provided for? And you wonder why God hasn't. Maybe there's some time to talk to him about that right now. Is there an area in your life where you recognize guilt? Where you've just been out of line? Not obedient. Maybe right now is a time when you can confess that to the Lord. One of the provisions he has for you is the provision of grace. Grace to forgive, but also grace to heal, grace to overcome. There are lots of reasons why you could need to reach out to the Lord today. Maybe you're feeling lonely, overwhelmed, anxious, prideful, arrogant, scared. As we sing this song, I encourage you to reach out to him and then listen to him. Let's stand together. Lord, we trust you. We thank you. Amen. If you need to pray with someone, then I encourage you to go to the back two rooms or back two doors. Somebody will be there to, to pray with you. If you'd just like to talk to the Lord by yourself, you can go back there or you can come up front and kneel or you can just stay right where you're at. Uh, the Lord doesn't need us to be in a different location for him to talk to us. So uh, let's worship together and then let's respond to the Lord.